Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Today we hope to bring to you a bit of the flavor of Christmas through stories and songs. I will be joined as we go by Chris, by Mary Rose and Lawrence, who will be sharing some stories and reflections with us. And our soundtrack will be provided by John Michael Talbot from his Christmas album titled The Birth of Jesus. So sit back, relax. If you're driving, turn up the volume and set your mind onto things from, from above. For today was born unto us a Savior, the Christ, the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. And here now is John Michael Talbot with The Birth of Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus came to be When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph in Galilee But before they came together She was found with child And Joseph, being a just man, decided to divorce her quietly John Michael Talbot with The Birth of Jesus. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to a special Christmas edition of Salt and Light Radio. Here now with me is Mary Rose Bacani. Yes, I usually do events, but I'm going to be focusing on the event. The, the event. coming of Christ. Nice. So 
how much more can I say about that? So one of the special themes for me this Christmas mm-hmm. is the gift of children. Obviously, we're expecting Christ coming into our lives, Mary right. expecting Christ in her womb, and me being pregnant. This has a, both a physical and a spiritual meaning for me, physical, because I'm also expecting and imagining what it's like to be Mary expecting a child, except I won't give birth in a cave, and I'll have <laughs> or a stable <laughs> or a stable in the cold. Preferably, um, I guess this is the first time our listeners th- know that you're pregnant. That's I don't true. Think said that. That's true. Mary Rose is yes. pregnant. Yes, delivering in spring. God yes. willing. Nice. So these ideas really have helped me to grow in my appreci- appreciation of life and the joy children can bring. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what you know, what's going to be happening. Right. So my Christmas story for today about this great event of Christ coming is written by Linda Stafford. And it appeared in the 2008 book Chicken Soup for the Soul, Christian Kids mm-hmm. by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen. If you've read this, just bear with me because it is a great story and we can talk about it. So this is your first time to hear Pedro's insights into the story, even if you've read it. So um, it's especially for all of you mothers out there. Okay, here it goes. My husband and I had been happily, most of the time, married for five years, but hadn't been able to have children. I was doing some serious praying about it and promised God that if he would give us a child, I would be a perfect mother, love it with all my heart, and raise it with his word as my guide. Soon after, we we were blessed with a son. The next year, we were blessed with another son. The following year, yet another son. The year after that... We were blessed with a daughter. My husband thought we'd been blessed right into poverty. We now had four children, and the oldest was only four years old. I learned never to ask God for anything unless I meant it. As a minister once told me, if you pray for rain, make sure you carry an umbrella. I began reading a few verses of the Bible to the children each day as they lay in their cribs. I was off to a good start. God had entrusted me with four children, and I didn't want to disappoint him. I tried to be patient the day the children smashed two dozen eggs on the kitchen floor searching for baby chicks. I tried to be understanding when they started a hotel for homeless frogs in the spare bedroom, although it took me nearly two hours to catch all 23 frogs. When my daughter poured ketchup all over herself and rolled up in a blanket to see how it felt to be a hot dog, I tried to see the humor rather than the mess. In spite of changing over 25,000 diapers, never eating a hot meal, and never sleeping for more than 30 minutes at a time, I still thank God daily for my children. While I couldn't keep my promise to be a perfect mother, I didn't even come close. I did keep my promise to raise them in the Word of God. Though I knew I was missing the mark just a little when I told my daughter we were going to church to worship God, And she wanted to bring a bar of soap along to wash up Jesus too. Something was lost in the translation when I explained that God gave us everlasting life. And my son thought it was generous of God to give us his last wife. My proudest moment came during the children's Christmas pageant. My daughter was playing Mary. Two of my sons were shepherds. And my youngest son was a wise man. This was their moment to shine. My five-year-old shepherd had practiced his line. We found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. But he was nervous and said, The baby was wrapped in wrinkled clothes. My four-year-old Mary said, That's not wrinkled clothes, silly. That's dirty, rotten clothes. A wrestling match broke out between Mary and the shepherd and was stopped by an angel 
who bent her halo and lost her left wing. I slouched a little lower in my seat when Mary dropped the doll representing baby Jesus and had bounced down the aisle crying, Mama, Mama. Mary grabbed the doll, wrapped it back up, and held it tightly as the wise men arrived. My other son stepped forward wearing a bathrobe and a paper crown, knelt at the manger, and announced, We are the three wise men, and we are bringing gifts of gold, common sense, and fur. The congregation dissolved into laughter, and the pageant got a standing ovation. I've never enjoyed a Christmas program as much as this one, the pastor laughed, wiping tears from his eyes. For the rest of my life, I'll never hear the Christmas story without thinking of gold, common sense, and fur. My children are my pride and my joy and my greatest blessing, I said, as I dug through my purse for an aspirin. That's it. I thought it was so great. That's great. So <laughs> something to look forward to, Mary Rose. You will have one child next year. Yes. But maybe more more to come. Yeah. So again, as part of my whole uh, formula for events, I'm going to say again where the story came from. Yes. Again, that was Christmas story written by Linda Stafford. It appeared in the 2008 book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Christian Kids by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen. But I found it online on CatholicDigest.com. The title of the story is Gold, Common Sense, and Fur, A Christmas Story. Very nice. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, for sure. Because you're uh, going to be a new mother, so you yes. can't really relate what it's like <laughs> to have seven children, but you <laughs> come from a family of seven children. That's right. So can you maybe, th maybe this resounds a little bit of what it was like to be growing up with your six younger siblings, you know. All together. All together, Christmas in the Philippines. Well, what was, what really, what Christmas meant for us is really a time of, um, Rejoicing. It wasn't so much about, pre well, presents. It was exciting to have presents, but it could be as simple as, um, I still remember my mom wanting us to know what it means to, to really enjoy what you have, appreciate what you have. Mm -hmm. So she would invite um, the poorer kids in the area, the ones who are more, like, needier than we were. And the, she would take all our toys that we weren't using anymore, and she would do a little raffle, and every all of these kids get a number, and then they figure out, oh, which, which toy did I get? So it's just, and she feeds them a whole meal. This is around Christmas time. Wow. So they'd all come and we would eat with them. It's not like they were eating on their own and we would eat separately in a, at another table. Yeah. So that was one thing my mom wanted us to know about um, Christmas, that it's a time to share what we have with, uh, you know, the same way Jesus came to give his life, we're giving something of our lives instead of keeping on uh, taking from others. So that was, that was really special also because there's seven of us, you know, it's the Philippines. How did you <laughs> feel with your mother giving <coughs> away your toys? <laughs> or well, you, you know, was, was, it, was it normal? Well, maybe it was not, it was a little bit hard, but not as hard. She was, you know, it wasn't like my brand new toy that my, 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 my uncle gave me then. <laughs> okay, there you go, give it away. So she was, you know, doing it slowly, the, 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 the learning how to sacrifice with things, mm. you know, that you can have so many things like we do in this, in this time and age with having, you know, switching from one iPhone to the next or phone that right. we don't need. But then um, what can you do with it? Maybe some, you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. But uh, was yeah. that wasn't really my garbage. That wasn't your garbage. No, you it was toys that were in good shape but that you weren't using anymore. Yeah. Because you probably had too many. So that was really great for all of us. I still remember that. That's great. Yeah. What are you hoping, what are you hoping, what tradition are you hoping to, uh, Christmas tradition to maybe uh, instill with your children? Well, one thing um, I was actually, because of the story, it made me want to look up what 
young families are doing with their kids mm -hmm. to help them prepare for Christmas. And one thing that I really liked was celebrating Christ's birthday. One family or one suggestion for an activity would be is uh, maybe either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whichever one doesn't have all the craziness of yes. family dinners or whatever. Have a, a birthday cake and have the kids gather around and say, it's Jesus' yeah. birthday. It's time to celebrate his birthday. You blow out the candles. Yes. You sing happy birthday to Jesus. And, you're, and you're, you, you remember this is really somebody's birthday. Great. It's not your birthday that you get 20 presents from exactly. uncles and aunts. So that's one simple thing. And the other one is the Advent wreath. You yes. Know, it's, it's all, actually, my husband and I were talking about it. It's almost like a birthday cake. There are candles there. Yeah. You know, every weekend, every Sunday of Advent, you're blowing the candles. You're lighting it, blowing it getting ready for that birthday when there's all four or f some people have right. five candles in their wreath for the, yeah. the white candle. So that's that's something just to sort of remind you each week where we're heading. We're heading towards Christ's True. birthday, Christ's coming. So those are two things I think I would like to that's have a as traditions. That's a great idea. Um, I like that. Um, except you get to eat the cake and not eat <laughs> the advent wreath. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Mary Rose Bacani, our uh, events specialist, soon to be, well, you're already a mother. <laughs> you have a baby in your arms. Um, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Here now is John Michael Talbot with Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. Unto us a child is given, unto us a son is born. Wonderful Counselor, mighty God, Father forever, the Prince of Peace, you are. John Michael Talbot 
from his The Birth of Jesus album with Wonderful Counselor. Here now is a reading from the book of Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That was a reading from the book of Isaiah. Here now is John Michael Talbot with What Child Is This? And O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping this, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing haste, haste to bring him Lord the
Oh, Emmanuel. 
That was John Michael Talbot with What Child Is This? and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann, and this is a special Christmas edition of Salt and Light Radio. Here now with me is Lawrence. Welcome, Lawrence. Merry Hi, Christmas. Thank you. So I decided instead of doing a saint specifically, I was going to do the history of Christmas. Okay. So for me, I wasn't raised Catholic. I became Catholic right before World Youth Day 2002, actually. Right. And so being raised in a non-Christian home, Christmas was always just kind of secular. Like, yeah, like presents and the same old routine. Uh-huh. So, you know, I honestly didn't really know the history of Christmas. Like as I grew in my faith, I came to understand the spiritual aspects of Christmas, but I didn't really know the history. So right. this was interesting for me. And So I'll what did you learn? You. Yeah. All right. So um, there's a, um, a famous book called The Christmas Book by uh, Jesuit Francis Weiser from the 1950s. And so it, what he says in it, he says that there's, we all know that there's no mention of the exact day when, when Christ is born in Scripture. Like December 25th is not in Scripture. Mm. Um, but that the 25th of December dates back to 320 AD. And, um, and he says that popes chose this day to divert away from a pagan feast, uh, which was called the birthday of the unconquered sun. Ah, the unconquered so sun as in S-U-N. yes. And uh, and it would have been around the winter solstice, right? The dark, the the longest day of the sorry, the shortest day of yeah, the year, exactly. Yes. And Saint John Chrysostom, he was he said this at the same time in um, the fourth century. He said the pagans called December twenty fifth the birthday of the unconquered, who indeed so unconquered as our Lord. Or if they say that it is the birthday of the sun, he is the son of justice. So he's the sun S U N. Yeah, yeah. So he he's he's referring to their their feast uh-huh. about the sun, and and he's saying, well, we have a feast, and who is more unconquered than Jesus, and who is who is the uh, the son of justice, the S O N. Yeah. Yes. Um, and <clears throat> so this this is when it started, and it really picked up in the 12th and 16th centuries during the Middle Ages. And so then you'd have lots of Christmas plays, songs, carols, dances, images, and statues at this time. And um, the center of the celebration was always the Mass. So if you look at the word Christmas, it's Christ Mass. Yeah. So that's where we get get the word Christmas from. And But... In the 16th century, uh, during the Reformation, the, the Calvinists and the Puritans, they actually condemned Christmas. I mean, and, they, and the reason that it says that they condemned Christmas was because Sundays were the only holy days, right? So their reasoning was Christmas doesn't always fall on a Sunday, right. so it takes away from Sunday. So they said, no, you only celebrate on Sundays. Like right. that is the the most important day. Yeah. So they actually came, the Puritans came to power in England um, around 1642, and the the government actually had ordinances forbidding Christmas. And five years later, 1647, they actually made Christmas punishable by law. Really? Like, it it wasn't, it was, there wasn't, it wasn't martyrdom, there weren't killings or anything, but it was still in the law that... Christmas wasn't to be celebrated. Would they still celebrate the birth of Christ, but celebrate it on a Sunday? I'm not sure or if they, it wasn't if they an would. Feast at all. I don't think it was. It didn't say anything about that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
and and then um, maybe 20 years later, the monarchy was restored in England, and Christmas Christmas was came back, I guess, but it didn't come back the same. And so we have uh, like famous writings of like Charles Dickens, yeah, and in those you you. He describes a Christmas, but a Christmas that's really not about Christ. He's kind of Christ is kind of in the background. Right. It's more about, you know, getting together, eating lots, being. I mean, his his stories are good in that they show kind of um, uh, a charity towards neighbor, mm-hmm. but completely unChrist centered. It's true. Yeah. Right. And that this is basically the roots of of the modern. Um, idea of Christmas was the, yeah. the 17th century Puritan idea. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, and um, even in the United States, because the Puritans when it were in the United States, there was even uh, hostility against Christmas up until like 150 years ago in like the the late 19th century. And uh, basically, uh, what changed because like what we know now, there's it, Christmas is is a holiday celebrated and that was basically thanks to German and Irish and French and other European immigrants that came and the Puritans kind of right. went to the wayside. Yeah. And so basically today we really have two Christmases. We have the Christmas of the that the that came after the um the Reformation, which is about eating and drinking and Buying things, getting together with family, and jolly old Saint Nick, right? And uh, and then the Christmas that is more from the Middle Ages, which was Christ-centered and the birth of Christ. Yeah, and um, also I like to say one thing about Saint Nicholas because we always talk about Santa. Yes, and uh, I don't know if if you are familiar with Saint Nicholas. Actually, you did a you did a show on yeah on, on, on television from on Perspectives Christmas. Weekly. Yeah, that's right. We did, and my son's name is Nicholas, so we've always been talking about him. There you go. To him about his patron yeah. saint. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I didn't know anything about Saint Nicholas growing up. Like we don't, we all we know about is, Santa, is Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah. But Santa Claus actually comes from Saint Nicholas, who was a fourth century bishop, mm-hmm. and the famous story uh, was that he heard that a local man was having difficulties and he w- he had to sell his daughters like he thought he had to sell his daughters right. so that he could afford basic necessities and Nicholas heard about this and Nicholas the bishop and he went at night and he threw three bags of gold through the window right so that the father wouldn't have to sell his daughters into prostitution right and thus the idea of breaking into someone's house <laughs> yeah <laughs> with presents yeah and putting them in their rooms yeah, yeah okay and yeah, so uh, even today, I mean, I've I've noticed that there's um, a shift, even from from Saint Mary Christmas. You know, like people say, seasons greetings. Yeah, or happy holidays. Or happy holidays. Yes. So I think there's even a shift nowadays, even more away, more further away from from Christmas yeah. that has anything to do with religion. Yeah, interesting. I I actually because we did those programs on television for our show perspectives. Um, we got a comment that I thought was brilliant. He said, you know, nothing against the name Christmas because that's the perfect name for the feast. Right. Christ's Mass is Christ-centered. But when we say things like Merry Christmas or how are you preparing for Christmas or or 10 more days for Christmas, yeah. um, 10 more days till Christmas, it, the, the image of Christmas that people have is 
oh yeah, I have to buy gifts or I have to get together with family right. or parties or eating. Yeah. But if we say, if we call the feast the nativity, uh, that's, it's different. Like if I say to you, Lawrence, how are you preparing for the nativity? It's right. different than saying, how are you preparing for Christmas? Or if I say, hey, there's 10 more days till the feast of the nativity. It, gives it really it makes meaning. it more, f focuses exactly what we mean. On Christ. So yeah. I love that suggestion. Yeah. So that's maybe, I didn't know um, where the split had happened. So that's really interesting to, uh, mm. to see that it actually came from. I mean, the Puritans were Christian. Yeah, exactly. Very, very good. Thank you, Lawrence. You're becoming not just our saint expert, but our, 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 our historical yeah. expert. Um, Lawrence Flucot, our saint slash historical expert. Uh, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Happy Feast of the Nativity. Yes, you too. Um, here now is John Michael Talbot with The Appointed Time. When the appointed time had come, God sent forth His only begotten Son. John Michael Talbot from his The Birth of Jesus Christmas album with The Appointed Time. And now a reading from the book of Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. Therefore the days will come, says the Lord, when they shall no longer say as the Lord lives, who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but rather, 
as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of the house of Israel up from the land of the north, and from all the lands to which I banished them, they shall again live on their own land. That was a reading from the book of Jeremiah. Here now is John Michael Talbot with Of the Father's Love Begotten. Of the Father's Love Begotten, Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to a special Christmas edition of Salt and Light Radio. That was John Michael Talbot with The Father's Love Begotten from his The Birth of Jesus album. And sitting here with me now is Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Pedro. Pedro, I wanted to tell you about, uh, um, well, maybe my favorite Christmas tradition. What is your favorite Christmas tradition, Pedro? Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult one because there's so many secular things that kind of get all mixed up. And, mm-hmm. and some of them are like, I love getting together with family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like not getting together with family, just having uh, the immediate family, a quiet day. That's how um, we often did things yeah, in our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, uh, um, we have the traveling king, so my children will set up a nativity. And the three wise men, they don't... Uh, they're not at the crash yet. We actually set them up in a different place in the house and they move throughout the, you know, up until January 6th. My kids every day, they move them. So that's always fun. We did that growing up and uh, it's a fun tradition. And so, so you sit them down there in front of the crash 
and you read them the pastoral messages from religious leaders. No, I, I don't do that. Oh, no, well, well, that's that, something that you might do with your kids. Maybe that that is uh, a certain Christmas tradition is there's always annual pastoral letters from the American bishops, uh, from the Queen, actually. The Queen often issues a Christmas message and uh, the Canadian bishops released theirs a little bit early. It was a couple of weeks ago and they made a plea for peace. They said that peace is more than the absence of war or violence. That's mm -hmm. often how we interpret peace on earth. And it's more than just stillness and quiet. Often after a busy Christmas season, that's the kind of peace that we might want the most. But uh, the bishops say, the Canadian bishops, that the peace that Christ offers brings relationships into harmony. These relationships include God and humanity, heaven and earth, nature and society, and also our brothers and sisters, no matter how estranged, or maybe even uh, brothers and sisters in your family after mm -hmm. spending a number of days together. Uh, the bishops conclude by asking Canada to rededicate ourselves to our mission as peacemakers and as suffering servants with Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, Pope Benedict usually has some uh, some Christmas traditions naturally as Pope. There's a number of them. Obviously, the the Midnight Mass and the Ubi et Orbi Address. But he mixes it up a little bit every year. And he did so uh, on, uh, well, he will be doing so, rather, on the 26th, tomorrow. And uh, this year, his uh, post-Christmas plans were inspired by Mother Teresa. I say post-Christmas, although we all know that the Christmas season continues beyond yes. Christmas Day. Yes. In case you were about to write a letter to us here at Salt and Light Radio. This past August um, was the 100th anniversary of the birth of Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity. Now, the Pope is going to be honoring Mother Teresa on December 26th by hosting a luncheon for people who are assisted by the Rome communities of her order. And what's interesting is, is first of all, the Pope will be there with, uh, with these individuals that are being helped by the Missionaries of Charity, and it's going to be held at the Paul VI Hall. And the Paul VI Hall, if you, if you watch Salt and Light TV and you see often uh, concerts with the Pope, or uh, you followed our, our coverage of the Synod of Bishops, or you tune in and see the weekly general audience, uh, which during uh, cold or rainy weather is held indoors sometimes, that's always held in Paul VI Hall, and that's where this luncheon is going to be. Now on January 5th, that's the eve of the Epiphany, the Holy Father is going to be visiting a hospital for children in Rome. He's going to give gifts to the young patients and bless a center for children being treated with spina bifida. So a wonderful example being shown to us mm -hmm. by the Holy Father. That's wonderful. I think that's mm -hmm. a tradition that I, that I that I think I would have liked to have started with my children is let's do something like that on the Christmas mm -hmm. season. Go help at a soup kitchen. It's a little more difficult to take your kids to a, you know, a hospital to visit patients with spina bifida, but something like that, you know, go to the to the Larsh community in Richmond sure. Hill at daybreak with people with disabilities. I'm sure something. there's something in, in everyone's community yeah. where they can they can as a family mm -hmm. help someone who needs it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mary Rose was talking just 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 seconds ago about how her mother would invite uh, some of the needier children from their neighborhood in the Philippines every Christmas and would take some of the toys oh, wow. 
that her children didn't use anymore and give them to these kids, do a little raffle, little games, and, and feed them. Hmm. And they would all have a meal together. So that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a little uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for our listeners who uh, can tune into Salt and Light, and even if you don't have Salt and Light uh, on your cable provider, you know that you can watch Salt and Light online at saltandlighttv.org. There, uh, there are a number of events with the Pope uh, still to come. Uh, you've, we've already missed Midnight Mass, of course, in the Ubiadorbi Address. But on the 31st, uh, the Pope will be celebrating Vespers. And that's, uh, that's at 3.30 p.m. And uh, we should advise you that that actually is a, a French broadcast. Um, and also the next day at the same time, 3.30 p.m., this is Eastern Time, uh, the Pope celebrating Mass on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. You know what, speaking of traditions, you just reminded me, that was another tradition that we did growing up. My mother would, would uh, she'd be busy doing whatever she had to do for Christmas, but had the TV on, and it was around 4 or 5 p.m. where the Pope, and I remember being really young as Pope Paul VI, who would be doing the Christmas Eve Mass. And, and of course, we had it, we got it at 4 p.m. or whatever time, and it was always kind of in the background. Um, and then we continued doing that with John Paul II, so... Uh, yeah, I think I think that that's a better option because there's there's uh, those of us who, uh, you know, go a little crazy if there's too much quiet. We need something. <laughs> we like to have the Background television noise. on, sure, when we're cooking or whatever. And for and for this season, maybe it's a better choice to t- turn it away from from MTV or the bad news on on the cable news network and turn it to your Catholic TV network, whether it's Salt and Light or EWTN or Catholic TV or or any number of better options for the soul. Absolutely, and whether the broadcast is in French or in Italian, as it often comes from Rome, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. Krista Matrenko is our uh, Salt and Light Radio News Specialist. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Pedro. Here now is John Michael Talbot with O Come All Ye Faithful and Angels We Have Heard on High. O Come All Ye Adore him, oh come let us adore him. 
angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply. Echo back their joyous strains. was John Michael Talbot with O Come All Ye Faithful and Angels We Have Heard on High. And now, a reading from the book of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. That was a reading from the book of Matthew.
And this brings us to pretty much the end of today's broadcast. A special thanks to Mary Rose, to Lawrence and Chris for helping us out tonight, and to John Michael Talbot for his music. All the selections tonight were from his Christmas album, The Birth of Jesus. You can learn more about him and his music at johnmichaeltalbot.com. If you missed part of this program or you'd like to listen to any of our Salt and Light radio programs, please visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. All Salt and Light radio programs are available there for download. On that same page, you can find links to all the artists whom we feature on Salt and Light radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Next week, we continue with another Salt and Light Radio special featuring some of our favorite interviews from the last year. And so, I hope that you can join us. My name is Pedro Guevara Man. Our Salt and Light Radio team is Mary Rose Bacani, Chris Dimitrenko, and Lawrence Fluco. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella. Thank you to them for helping us make this program, and thank you to you for being with us. Have a holy and blessed Christmas season. Here now is John Michael Talbot with Silent Night. See